Thank you for joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. And thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. This podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture. And these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Wouldn't life be a lot easier if we were always successful? We could always win, get what we want when we want it. How much fun would that be? When I ask this question, people tell me they'd like to try it for a while. And we all feel that way from time to time. Creating and sustaining a successful organization is a continuous journey with years in the making. Most organizations will face a staggering defeat at some time. And when this occurs, we can't give up on our values and aspirations that make the struggle worthwhile. Regardless of the obstacles, we build the discipline to face and study the brutal facts in front of us and apply an unrelenting pursuit to achieve excellence. This may sound straightforward and simple, yet it's so difficult to do. That's why there are a few long-lasting organizations in the world. So let's focus on why once successful organizations fall and how we can get up before we fall too far. What do we know about organizations that were once successful and fall? In one of the last episodes, I connected to some of the timeless findings in Jim Collins' research reported in his book, Good to Great. Over the years, some of the great companies have fallen. Collins conducted another study on how some of the mighty companies fall and why some just simply never give in. I've become extra sensitive to this topic in my own company and when thinking about some really good organizations I work with. I wonder how greatness can be lost. When sports teams win national championships, it's much more difficult to win a second and third time than the first time. It's difficult to get to greatness and even more difficult to sustain greatness. You all know I'm a Florida State Seminole, so as difficult as it is for me, I'm going to acknowledge the University of Alabama coach Nick Saban as a leader who's just been able to sustain greatness over the years and in a way that makes him one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. Here's what I think we can learn from Nick Saban. Number one, Be a disciplined, high-performing, responsible leader and surround yourself with other high-performing, responsible leaders and be confident that you can do the job and have good control of that. When leaders are confident, they hire other leaders who are some of the best. Great leaders think less about themselves and more about leading the team to success. That's what transfers to leader success. Number two, he teaches us that practice almost makes perfect. Saban expects 100% in every practice and focuses on those results as much as he does the game results. He expects his team to focus on the work they are doing each day that will bring winning results. His goal is not to win a national championship, believe it or not, but for every team member to do their best every day. 100% in at practice, makes teammates focus on what they need to do in their drills in the moment. Number three, celebrate success, don't dwell on it, and quickly move on to business. Number four, know the talent you need and relentlessly find the right players. It's what Jim Collins teaches us as well. Get the right people on the bus and in the right seats. 
have a relentless focus on getting everyone in these seats to do their very best every day. As executive leaders, the destiny of our organizations is in our own hands. In his research, Jim Collins shows that it's possible to build a great organization that sustains exceptional performance for decades, you know, even in the face of chaos, change, uncertainty, and disruption. He further shares that we should be thankful for turbulence along the way. It's here where our relentless intensity can pull us ahead of others. And this past year, the Alabama team lost to Clemson in the national championship, 44 to 16. Knowing what we know about Nick Saban, I believe his team will come back even stronger. Next year, if the team happens to have an offseason, the team will continue to focus on what they do every day to do their best with great discipline. They will not be one of those mighty teams that fall under Saban's disciplined approach. During the up and down times, the team will have focus and discipline and give 100% at practice to prepare them from executing one play at a time to get that W, that win. Jim Collins points out that he has studied companies that become great and those that fall, and he concludes that there are more ways to fall than there are to become great. Yikes. As an executive leader, this is what weighs on my mind constantly. How do I lead our team to work with relentless resolve every day to achieve results, manage through difficulties, and come out better at the other end? To understand more about the how, let's connect to the research that Jim Collins did on companies that didn't succeed when some of their competitors achieved high-performing results. He found that companies that fall go through five stages. Here are the stages. As I talk about them, think about how they apply to your organization. What stage is your organization in right now? Stage one, hubris born success. Leaders and employees become insulated to success in this stage. Success in and of itself can carry an organization forward for a while, even with poor leadership. People see success as an entitlement by continuing to reinforce that the company is successful because we just do these things that we do. On the other hand, Collins tells us companies that are successful and do not fall speak in this way. We're successful because we understand why we do specific things and under what conditions something no longer works. Stage two, undisciplined pursuit of more. Those companies that fall have been saying, we're so great, we can do anything. So executive leaders push the more button by taking leaps into areas they cannot be great in. As the organization continues to grow in many ways, leaders lose the ability to put good people in the right seats. You're just getting too big. And at this point, leaders are finding anyone to put in a seat to get the work done. Growth is undisciplined because success leads to overreaching to get more. Stage three, denial of risk and peril. It's here where organizations begin to experience internal warning signs. The current results are strong enough for leaders to explain away the difficulties. Initial negative data are discounted, ignored, or communicated as not that bad. As the negative impact grows, leaders tend to blame external factors for the setback rather than take responsibility. Risks have been taken and some of those risks have gone bad. When leaders deny the negative outcomes of past decisions that have moved results south, the organization begins to fall in a downward spiral. So stage four, 
and we're grasping for salvation. The bad results now become visible to all. Here's what Collins found continues to move the organization downward. Our leaders are grasping for a silver bullet solution, that one thing that will put us back on top as quickly as possible. And we've been successful before. We just need that one decision that's going to be the one that takes us back to where we've been. The longer an organization continues to grasp for silver bullets, the more likely it is to fall into stage five, capitulation to irrelevance or death. Accumulated setbacks and expensive false starts erode the organization's finances and people's spirit. What happens now? The leaders could sell out or the company could become insignificant. Here's why understanding these five stages is so important. As leaders, we will experience some falls from stages one to two and possibly three and four. Our goal is to reset our approach in a way that keeps us from stage five. Also, we can apply the right strategies more quickly when we face the brutal fact that are part of organizational declines. So how do we get up before we fall too far? First, we can never give up our core purpose of creating a great organization. For our Cedar education team, it's an organization that supports leaders and teams in having purpose in their work, doing worthwhile work, and making a difference for others. We may change tactics or approaches, but we'll never shift from this clear purpose we have with our work. And second, lead with tremendous discipline and relentless focus on applying the right practices that get positive results. In life, we all experience staggering defeats from time to time. As we think about ways to build discipline back into our organizations, we first face the brutal facts at hand. As senior leaders, we have the difficult responsibility of helping the organization get up before it falls too far. This is not about us. It's about doing what's right by our employees and customers. When we're experiencing some type of defeat, here are a few ideas for senior leaders. Take a deep dive by reflecting, studying, and discussing why the defeat is occurring. Look at the brutal facts embedded in the results. The results have declined over the years. Show the decline. Show the decisions that have been made to overcome declines, even when those decisions haven't worked or seem desperate and chaotic. Ask why those decisions are not moving the organization forward. Openly listen to what others think. And let's listen without judging to get everything on the table. Two, as the executive leader, open the dialogue for all senior leaders to talk about their failures. Do this frequently and in times of wins and losses. Again, the purpose is not to judge, but to get the brutal facts on the table, to not repeat the same mistakes. Engaging in this honest dialogue as part of the leadership practice keeps us from making the same bad decisions. As a senior leader, my biggest worry is that I will overstay my welcome. I find myself reflecting on both my skills and the fire I have in my belly to do what is needed to take our organization to the next level. The answers to these questions connect to the purpose of our broader organization. Does the passion in our business under my leadership aligned to the broader organizational objectives and expectations? When the answer to this question is yes, then I must have the skills 
and the drive to lead our team through the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat and back to the thrill of victory. My leadership skills are tested through the defeats more than the victories. When I do that well, I continue to add value to our team. I'm reaching out to leaders this week to ask you to do some soul searching. Ask these questions. Where is my organization along the five stages? What's the best approach for our organization based on the current stage? Do I have the skills to take our organization to the next level, up the stages, or sustain success? How does our organization get up before we fall? How do I get up before I fall? Do I continue to add value to our team as their leader? If yes, how do I continue to do so? If no, what changes do I need to make to get back on track or make different decisions? If you're an executive leader, take a moment and chart where your organization is along the five stages. Remember success is falling down and getting up, falling down and getting up without end. Your leadership will lead the organization back up the stages or into stage five of irrelevance. How do we lead to go up? Show honest transparency of the brutal facts. Talk about them. Have relentless discipline with a well-managed plan and execute the plan with focused attention being 100% in all the time. And if we are leaders in stage four, we have to ask ourselves two questions. Do we have the skills to lead the team up the stages to success? And are we in a situation where we can still drive our organization with the mission and values we started with when we were successful? If either answer is no, leading now becomes someone else's job to do. Our mission at Studer Education is to follow our nine principles and support other organizations to do the same so that our organizations have purpose, our people do worthwhile work, and our work makes a difference in the lives of others. I'm grateful I have the opportunity to lead an organization with the mission and values that we started with as our core purpose. And I know we will have some ups and downs. My ability to manage through our downs and to get up will determine the value I add as the leader of the team. When I no longer add value, it's time for me to find a place where I belong and for someone to join our team to lead the way to the next level. For now, I'll enjoy our successes with the team by working through the ups and downs. When we succeed, let's celebrate and enjoy our accomplishments, but let's not dwell on it. When we fail, let's face the brutal facts in an honest and meaningful way and get up before we fall too far. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. I look forward to connecting with you on our next podcast episode, where we'll continue to focus on ways to leading great organizations to achieve results. Have a great week.